So last week we talked about it. The Congressional Subcommittee on Keeping Kids Poor uh, decided that they were going to once again have an NIL hearing on Capitol Hill. It's the 11th one that won't make a difference. And Matt Brown from Extra Points, it's his newsletter at Matt Brown EP on Twitter, joining us on the Adam Gold Show. I always think these things are an exercise in futility, but often they give us something to kind of latch on to. And I thought you wrote about the most important thing, and that was uh, the scare tactics the NCAA is using to avoid student-athlete employee status by basically saying that if we do this, then we're just going to get rid of a whole bunch of non-revenue or Olympic sports. It's probably true, but it doesn't have to be true, right? Yeah, that's that's uh, that's exactly what I wrote. I mean, I, I, these kind of subcommittee hearings are not useful or interesting to, about predicting policy. I mean, you're, you're right. This is another bill that's not going to get... Uh, that's not going to pass. It probably won't even get out of committee. No. But for these kind of hearings, you do get uh, experts to testify, and sometimes they do say things interesting. Charlie Baker was was part of this hearing, and anytime the NCAA president talks, um, it, it's, it has the potential to be newsworthy. And and his 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 concern here, I, I wrote, is actually something I think everyone needs to grapple with. Right? What, what Baker said in Washington is. If all athletes are deemed employees, then we will lose half to two-thirds of Olympic sports programs. Right. And I actually think that's true. The, the math doesn't work, particularly in Division One, where so many smaller schools in D1, including probably a couple uh, you know, in North Carolina, sure. are using college athletics as an, as an enrollment management tool. They're not trying to sell tickets. They're not even really trying to win championships. They're trying to get students, particularly men, mm-hmm. to pay partial tuition and show up to campus. And if those guys are employees, even if they're only making 15 bucks an hour, the calculus changes, Presbyterians not sponsoring so many sports, right? Like that's, that's true, but it doesn't have to be that way. The, 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 the three major legal challenges right now are not necessarily stating that employment should uh, extend to all athletes. Right. Um, sometimes it's just power five football and basketball players. It might just be division one football players. That's open for interpretation. And it's also, even if they do, there's lots of other ways to potentially fund Olympic sports or to keep costs down. And those aren't the things that the NCAA or other lawmakers are really talking about. If we lose half of Olympic sports in the next three years, which I, I, I will, I'll tell everybody like, that's a real possibility. That's mm-hmm. not, that's not complete fear mongering. If that happens, it's due to a lack of imagination. A bunch of other people screwed up to get us to that point. Matt Brown is joining us here on the Adam Gold Show at Matt Brown EP on Twitter. You should get the newsletter extra points if you are interested in stuff like this as it pertains to college sports. You're, I mean, it was we it was funny. We we had on uh, an attorney on Friday to talk about this and, and the Florida State issue. And he yeah. basically quoted your piece. And I'm like, yeah, no, we talked to that guy. And I, <laughs> and, and I actually also quoted from that piece uh, like the previous day. Um, what about the waste? I mean, there's monies to be had to fund a lot of things if we simply got rid of the waste. I, I always say this about college football coaches specifically, that every single coach in football is either underpaid 
or overpaid. You could pay Nick Saban $30 million a year, and it still might not be what he was worth to Alabama. But almost every coach making $8 million a year, and there are tons of those, is wildly overpaid, not to mention all the coordinators. What if we just got rid of the, rid of the waste in college football? So that would work for many schools. And it's part of what frustrates me. You know, I, I wrote this a little while ago, and I heard Dave Doran after the, the, the bowl game, you know, give this impassioned yep. plea for people to start giving to, to state uh, NIL funds, right? If you are a, you know, a, a typical P5 football program right now, and you want to be maybe not win a national championship, but you want to be competitive for a playoff bid or a conference title, your NIL payroll for athletes is, is, is going to be somewhere between like six and nine, five and nine million dollars a year. The, the, a couple of schools at the very high end or above that, but really not that many. Right. And you can come up with $8 million simply by cutting salaries from the from a head coach, from assistant coaches, from coordinators, from administrators, from analysts, and a little bit from the AD, and that's going to get you 80% of the way there. Um, there's no reason for a, a good but not elite college football offensive coordinator to make substantially more money than his NFL counterpart right. does. You only do that, but so that works for the states and the UNCs and for Duke and for you know for forty other schools. But then what about Campbell? Right. Or then what about even ECU? We could cut football coach you know salaries by fifty percent across ECU, and that alone is not going to come up with the money to pay for salaries and mm-hmm. payroll taxes and social security and these other things across their whole athletes. And when you get even lower than that. The math just doesn't work. There, are, I mean, you, you, I'm sure you know this. Maybe mm-hmm. your listeners don't. But like, if we get a little bit farther down the line to like the low majors, you and I are making more money than some of those coaches are. Um, and and and, mm-hmm. and I, I don't I don't know about you, but like, media is not the place you go to get rich. So <laughs> no. I, I, yeah. At, at some point, it's like there's we can't cut any more money from the person making fifty four thousand dollars a year who's already making working seventy hours a week. Right. That's where the, that's where things get complicated. Matt Brown is here with us to talk about the NCAA scaring, uh, really, really scaring fans uh, yeah. into yeah, uh, thinking yeah. that the you know all of these sports are going to go away. And I agree, they likely will because that's what they're going to do because it's the easiest thing for them. Uh, but I have so many questions, and I know we don't have a ton of time. Um, yeah. But a, a good friend of mine who did not grow up here who grew up in the United Kingdom, lived in my cul-de-sac when I lived in a cul-de-sac, uh, mm-hmm. said to me, why does, why does, why do your sports, like, why do colleges have major sports? We don't have that. Like, there, it, it's foreign to people who are not from the United States that we have colleges that are essentially the feeder systems for professional sports when they grow up where it's all the club teams and academies, whether it's football or basketball or whatever the sports are, they're not used to those being attached to major universities. Isn't there a better way to do this? Yeah, I mean, the reason it happened that way in America is kind of an accident of history. And you're right. Nobody else in the world does this. Even the handful of countries that have college football or have college sports, like Canada and Japan and some places in Mexico, None of them are being used for elite sport development. And I think that the biggest difference and the thing that we need to grapple with in the United States isn't how do we train people to play in the NFL or the NBA without college sports? Um, Because 
the, the NFL and the NBA can figure those things out. And there's already between it, whether European leagues or the G League or, or starting up other clubs, that's not a major issue. The bigger concern is how do we train Olympic caliber swimmers? Because right now in the U.S., our ability to, to build a, an Olympic feeder system that's used not just by the United States, but by countries all over the world is delegated to our universities. Mm-hmm. The, the, the treatment and the facilities and the coaching and experience that you will get at the University of North Carolina is going to be better than what a lot of people in developed countries will get from their you know, elite sport development in Germany <laughs> or in Belgium or somewhere else. Um, what most industrialized countries do, like the UK, like the Brazil, where most of my family is from, like lots of other places in Western Europe and South America, is like literally the federal government pays for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And sometimes it's the military. Sometimes it's, it's part of like the, just you know, they have a minister of sport mm-hmm. and you have national academies for these things. Or our equivalent of USA basketball is like a literal part of the U.S. government <laughs> and, yeah. and, and it sets those things out. We don't have to do that because we got Stanford and UNC to do it. But, and they're able to do it because of football money. And if we take that money away, then I think as a country, we have to decide, do we care enough about winning gold medals to fund for something different? And if we don't, okay, that's a decision this country can make and we'll, we'll finish ninth and, and that's fine. But if we care about this, somebody's got to pay for it. And the way that almost everybody else does it, is with the government. Like I don't think we can get Microsoft and General Mills and you know Kickstarter, you know, to, to pay for us beating Russia and China in the Olympics if we if we move towards this system. All right, final thing, uh, and I was curious about this. How is it without great media contracts and wild amounts of money coming into the athletic department coffers? Can Harvard afford 30 sports, Penn, 25 sports, Princeton, 28 sports. How can the Ivy League have so many sponsored sports, but Charlie Baker is saying we're going to lose, I don't know, 50 to 75%. Yeah, the Ivy League is this kind of funny thing, right? Like I've made this joke before that like most other universities have NIL collectives to go, you know, get their alumni together to support something. Harvard doesn't need an NIL collective. Harvard's NIL collective is the World Bank. It's, <laughs> it's Davos, right? It's, it's, it's the, the global elite. And their endowments and their, uh, their boosters and their alumni are so rich that, like, they're not subject to the same financial constraints everybody else is. Harvard could decide tomorrow that we're never going to charge tuition for anything. And we are just going to fund a university with a 10,000 student enrollment just based on our endowment, which is, you know, the the, the size of a a medium-sized European country's (laughs) GDP. And you could do it. Uh, They don't because they want it to be selective and and elite, but they, they have the money, right? Like they don't need to balance the athletic budget the same way that NC State does. Um, or that you know, virtually any other school does. Um, and even some of those sports, like it's, it's the same thing. It's, it's a way to help with, uh, with, with tuition money. If, if somebody's uncle who runs a jet company is really passionate about squash, then congratulations, you got the squash team. It's not the same world that the rest of us peons live in. <laughs> no, no, it isn't. Uh, there, there's like two rowing teams. There's two yeah. men's rowing teams for all the Ivy Leaguers. I mean, I what my high school because we were right near a river in New Jersey. We had a crew team, right? But I, you just don't see a lot of crew uh, anywhere. 
anywhere. No, it's just as a, as a way to get around Title IX, right? <laughs> if you look at a roster and like, why does this crew team have 92 women on it? <laughs> That's why. <laughs> Somebody's trying to avoid a lawsuit. Hey. It's, it's, it's not the same thing as what Harvard's doing. They work hard. They work hard. They, they, they uh, you you got to carry they, they the boats down to the to the river sometimes. Uh, Matt Brown. It's, it's, it's <laughs> at four in the morning. Yeah, totally understand. <laughs> it's freezing, and it's freezing. Yeah. Matt Brown, extra points. Go check out the newsletter. I wish you will. Uh, yeah, at thanks, Matt Brown, thanks, e, EP on Twitter. Thanks, man. I appreciate your time yeah. as always. You bet. Appreciate you guys.